Side quest is a little too on the nose, right? I like guess not kind of like I think microtransactions is good. I like microtransactions. Uh, I think that's better than pre-order bonus or DLC. What did I say, what did I say upstairs? Paid something? What did I say? What did you say? Pre not, not pre-order bonus. You, I, something else. Uh, bonus content? Was that it? Bonus content isn't bad. Yeah. Bonus content sounds a little too like we have a Patreon. <laughs> and, and it's actually bonus content. Yeah. Yeah. Um... What about a little dip on the side? <laughs> Just like that, though. <laughs> you guys definitely got a little too uh, like literal with the hot button name. Though I did at least like that you rejected Hot Flash. Yes, I, 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 I wasn't feeling <laughs> Hot Flash. Kept posting Hot Flash on Discord, and I was I had to have one of those like I don't think you know what this means. <laughs> That's why I said that thing. I mean, I'm yeah. sure he did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, not a fan of. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should. Do we have enough people that like us to do like a you figure it out? I may, uh, well, I mean, you looked up. Didn't you just look up synonyms for hot? Yeah, it was like and scorching button. switch or something. <laughs> See, it doesn't need to be a synonym though, because it's not. It's what if not it was like a, a direct? What thing. if it was the opposite? Cold lever. But see, it can't be the. Op- it's not the opposite. It's yeah. gotta be like a. Well, it has to say. It has to version. say what it Luke is. Warm button. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> no, like our own bit. <laughs> um, like a little bit of fun. There's gotta be something. Like, it's gotta be something small related. I like microtransaction, even though it has like a negative connotation to it. That almost makes it better. It does, but it's almost like if you listen to us, you get the irony. Uh, yeah, you know that's I mean? true. I like microtransactions. Unless you called it like hot loot box or something. <laughs> I like microtransactions. Ooh, what about loot box? Loot box? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. also, you'd have to understand the irony because that's slow on the nose. Yeah. Something like loot box or microtransaction, something that signifies some little nugget uh, of something yeah, else. Yeah, a, a bit of extra for oh, you. Yeah. Bonus skins. On disc. Uh, <laughs> on disc DLC. On disc content. I don't <laughs> Hot button battlefront two. <laughs> well, we'll we'll figure it out by the time this goes up, right? Uh, is this the cold uh, open? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to? <laughs> That's the cold open too. Are we what you just explain what we're talking yes, about? Yes, I okay. am. Uh, so, all right. So this is going to be Hot Button's first ever short stories episode. Well, we're not calling it short stories. No, we're not. But let's take the whole thing again. But we, but we are going to try something a little bit different. Something that may actually become a new little series here on our video game podcast show. We wanted to sort of find a way to break up some of the larger stories we have been covering lately with more easy to take in ones for those that might not have all the time to listen to the big multi-parters as much. Not even just that. I um, think it's just like there's so many great stories in gaming that don't take an totally, hour and a half yeah, to talk th- about. Totally, yeah. This will allow I mean? us to kind of give a space to maybe cover a few of the smaller topics that wouldn't totally warrant their own full episode by themselves. But like, Sorry, if you had that in your script. No, no. Why did you just saw my eyes? But these are all things that we thought would, you know, would be interesting for us to discuss together regardless. Essentially, yeah. the idea is that we each bring a little something to the table to share in our new and, and, and improved studio now. It looks legit. 
I know. It's yeah. so we're gonna post a, a picture we got, yeah. on we everything. Got foam for days we in got here. Foam for days for real. <laughs> it's all fucking. It's not darker before because we plugged up all the windows. But a little like, bit. The longer I've been down here, the more this I'm like. This is the dimmest into light, the light bulb in the world. Like yeah. it's it's. <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm going for a warm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It is warm. I, I'll yeah. be honest. I don't think a white light would do us any good. I feel cozy. And yeah, I bought light bulbs for this basement. <laughs> uh, not too long ago from Walmart, and I didn't. They're just like bright white LEDs. <laughs> oh my god! If you go no. up there, half of them are the old light bulbs, and the other half are, are like the swirly ones. No, <laughs> they, they look like that. They look like spotlights, but they're bright white. Like they're not dimmed oh. at all, like this one is. No, I'm, this is yellow. I'll light. take this one. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll like keep one. looking at it, and but, fucking <laughs> blinding myself. But we have, it makes it makes me feel like a hospital outside <laughs> of this little booth we have. But it's the three of us all bringing separate subjects in the world of games that we felt deserved a conversation among us. Uh, it could be a reveal of a funny news story we may have come across while researching, or insight into a more current event in the industry that's still developing. Perhaps one of us just uh, was looking to enlighten everyone with a few fun historical sort of you know video game facts. Is as, that what you're doing? Is that why you did that? Um, <laughs> as long as there's room for us to have a dialogue under around 20 minutes each, and uh, that it's entertaining. Anything goes. Well, I don't know. A little strict clock there. on yeah, this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're not like Sounds a lot of rules. Not de- they're not definitive, <laughs> uh, I should say. But yeah, all uh, three of us have something. Now that that's all out of the way, this is Hot Button, and I'm Randall Beatrice, here as always with Austin Blakesley yeah, yeah. and Chris Allen Antoine. Hey! <laughs> Dude, 25 Go. minutes of that. That's. Every is week. That what I, I would fill up so much I time. I listened to yeah. a podcast once where they had uh, Ben Schwartz on from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And he did that bit as long as his How breath long? would allow. He's it was so a couple fucking of minutes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's fucking hilarious. He did that for a couple of minutes. The commitment. Yeah. I always want to say, I want to commit to something dumb like that. Like, we were talking, we had a little show, Outdoors Unplugged music show. Yeah. And I was talking beforehand. I was like, I would wish I had the guts to go to a comedy club and do like five minutes of content as if I were from the future. Like, <laughs> hey, what's up with them sliz blobs on B7? Am I right, guys? Well, it's you crazy stole, out you there. You saw my bit, which is that I wrote a stand up set from when I was in college. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I need fa- to hear that. I found it on my computer and I retooled it. Yes. Into a stand-up set for now, but it's also a, all the jokes are relevant in 2011. Well, that's what I was wondering. Are there current, <laughs> yeah. ev- like, are there current events things that you had to update? Like, I didn't update. Or them. just I, modern story. Like, I didn't. I just updated it so that it was funnier that I was making that joke now. <laughs> you'll see what I mean if I ever get around to performing it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, what is uh, everyone brought with them today? And uh, I think we decided that Chris is going to go first. Yeah, I can go um, first. And also, I just realized this will give us some more chances to kind of switch hosting duties as well, which is yeah, which is for nice. sure. Yeah, I was yeah I'm Randall her. Beatrice, and this is <laughs> yeah. this is Hot Button. I'm also hot Randall flashes. Beatrice. <laughs> and this is We're not calling a piece of sausage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually originally going to do the uh, during our Destiny episode. I brought up the fact that the there was like a big dispute among the the uh, what is it the sound of the spheres or the music of the spheres or whatever they call it, like the uh, the audio thing That's between the, most, the guy like, overly who composed poetic it thing. Yeah. who composed it with you know our, our famous Martin Beatles Mc- oh oh with Paul McCartney yeah with yeah. Paul McCartney and I was gonna do that whole story but recently Nakey Jakey came out a video about I love Nakey uh, Jakey Austin got me hooked on him recently yeah. and I just marathoned all those videos and, uh, <laughs> he brought up something that was like I was like holy shit I forgot that that story is so cool so I thought I'd go with that okay. All right, this is going to be the most off-topic intro to a story on Hot Button ever. In December of 1979, 
the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. No, I said I'm doing the Tetris episode. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this led to a chain of events that brought hostilities between the United States and the Soviet Union to new heights. Not since the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 had the world stood closer to the edge of nuclear annihilation. If he starts talking about Tetris, I'm going to freak out. As men in high places played a zero-sum game with our species. <laughs> but two months later was the Winter Olympics, so none of that mattered. <laughs> Legit, the American sidebar and 65-some other countries boycotted the 1980 uh, Summer Olympics in Moscow. Yeah, that was 84? No, 1980. Oh, 80, that's 80. 80. Oh, and sorry, 84 Soviets, was in L.A. That's yeah, where, yeah, 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 sorry. And the Soviets still came to America for the Winter Olympics <laughs> because that's how much ice hockey means to yeah. them. They didn't come to the summer, though. They no. boy, Yeah, they famously boycotted so, that summer one. in Lake Placid, New York... These Some of the alligators from? <laughs> in Lake Placid, New yes. York, <laughs> okay. the two great dueling powers were about to face off, but not with nuclear missiles, with hockey pucks. <laughs> the Soviet Union, uh, I promise this is related yeah, to right. the game. <laughs> the Soviet Union were the four-time defending gold medalists for ice hockey. Damn. Yeah, it's insane. They right, won man. five out of the last six prior to this, and they were four straight. It was killing sports betting. By the way, Sidebar, do you know where he's going with this yet? No, I, okay, I don't. <laughs> I, do, I do. Okay. <laughs> they were professionals in every single sense of the word. They were fucking the manliest men, the best hockey players on earth, the Soviet Union yeah. at the time. Sounds like it. Their opponents, the complete amateur team comprised of, like I said, all amateurs, United States. So... <laughs> Both teams were unbeaten in the group stage of the Olympics, and several notable and hard-fought games had got them this far. They're in the semifinals, okay? Okay. Here comes the game. <laughs> At the end of the first period, it was tied 2-2. This is insane. The Americans are not supposed to be this good. Right. They shouldn't have even made it 2-2. Like I said, Soviets won four gold medals in a row. Yeah. They were just slaughtering. Rags to riches. There's got to be a sports like biopic kind of movie based oh, yeah, on this, it's right? Called, yeah, it's called <laughs> Miracle. Oh, I With Kurt Russell, the <laughs> Disney movie? Right. Never, so, I never uh, saw it. So, wow. I'm a movie guy, too. I just I don't, so, I don't, haven't seen a lot of sports come movies. Come the second period, the Soviets absolutely dominate the game. Exactly what everybody thought they did. They led the Americans 12-2 to 2 in shooting, which is like the shots on goal. I know a lot of our listeners probably aren't <laughs> big sports I fans. I know what that means. Yeah. Um, Alexander Maltsev, he comes away with one goal. That's it, out of those 12-2. to 2. But it was enough to put the Soviets ahead. So the Soviets have a 3-2 <laughs> lead at the end of the second. In the third... There's only three in hockey for people. <laughs> yeah, um, that I know. The Americans game. tied the game 3-3. And played it. And then a couple minutes later, they took the lead for the first time in the game, 4-3, with just 10 minutes left. And the Americans America. held on to that 4-3 lead until the end. Ooh. There's a pretty famous line, sportscaster Al Michaels' famous quote, the crowd begins to chant the seconds remaining on the clock. Oh, man. Here's his quote. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown is going on right now. Morrow up to Silk. <laughs> Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes! Screams. <laughs> yes. The Americans won that game despite overwhelming odds against them. You know, maybe I have seen that movie. They. This is real life. <laughs> I know, <laughs> no, I know, but I think I may have seen the movie. It's called The Miracle uh, on Ice. They is said it? that it was like a Canadian college football team beating the Super Bowl champions. Um, which, for our <laughs> listenership, that's like your mom beating any of those Korean guys or that one fan. 
Spanish guy who won all the StarCraft 2 championships. <laughs> <laughs> um, the U.S. went on to win gold against Finland after that. They actually beat them. No, was it? Yeah, it was Finland, right? Yeah, but it was either Finland or Sweden. I'm pretty sure it was Finland. Don't look at me. Um, look at this guy. <laughs> they went on to win the gold, and the miracle on ice, as it's known, went down as one of the most iconic sports moments and stories of all time. Yeah. It's listed as one of the top 100 sports things of all time. It's just... I don't even like sports, and I love that story. It's, it's inspiring, yeah. It is inspiring. <laughs> yeah. you got to think about what was going on at the time. The Cold War, the fucking two powers who are about to destroy the world are facing off at hockey. One yeah. is amateur, one is not. It's like this kind of fucking fairy tale, and the <laughs> Americans' underdogs win. Granted, I'm not fucking nationalist or American. I'm pretty sure I've made no. my views very clear on this yeah. podcast. If not, if you've ever had a conversation with me. Still, but all about come from behind victories. It is a very cool yeah. moment. It's iconic. It's one of the pillars that makes sports so interesting and, and fun to listen totally, to and watch. Yeah. So, this was an incredibly long-winded way <laughs> to say, do video games have these moments? Oh, wait, now, now I know where he's going. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. There are quite a few epic moments in professional video games, mm-hmm. but off the top of your head, minus the one you think I wrote about, do you think <laughs> you have think of any contenders uh, for a miracle on ice level excitement mm. that at least resonate with you? <clears throat> I think, Austin, you probably have some things more in your... I don't watch professional gaming, so... There's a couple. I've seen, couple some, pretty, I've seen some pretty gnarly stuff in Smash Brothers. A lot yeah. of Smash Brothers. There was the one some of the speedrunning stuff can be pretty... There's like, a guy named... I might get this wrong. I believe his name is Axe. Okay. He plays Pikachu. He is the top Pikachu player for Melee in the world. Is it the one where he dies, like, too. off the edge? Oh, and, like, and he, the fox that's... The uh, he was playing somebody who's very good who was the, playing fox. Yeah, on Fountain he, of Dreams. I remember on that. Fountain of Dreams. He four-stocked him in under a minute. Yeah. Jesus it's pretty. Yeah, that's um, it's wicked. There's the one I mentioned earlier, which was Infiltration, who's a Korean player, was about to beat, I believe it was Daigo, who will come up yeah. soon, Yeah. but um, in Street Fighter 4, and then he switched to one of the lowest tier characters in the game just to mindfuck him and ended <laughs> this up This came winning. up earlier, yeah, when yeah. I was talking about that character. Um, there's also in that, Box yeah. winning, there's a lot. Who was, who in was that Nicky Jakey video, he shows the Counter-Strike guy in the pre- tournament oh, that, who that was, sneaks he behind threw, the guy, he throws a pistol. they're together. Oh, oh no, was, yeah, there's one yeah. where a guy throws a pistol over and he thinks it's a flash grenade. It's a flash grenade, grenade. yeah. There's one where he sneaks behind a guy, waits until two are next to each other, and then kills them both at the and, like, and then the third guy in the hall too. It's suffice to really say good. that these moments, there are contenders. Totally. So. Dude, who was the guy in Street Fighter who celebrated early? That was not Street Fighter. That I think that oh, was, was Blue. Was it Blazblue? Yeah. I, I knew at Evo uh, somebody thought that they won, and then he like went to go lift his hands up at, at the crowd, and then the other guy started the next round and knocked him out while he was like yeah. preemptively like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty wild. All right. So like I said, very long winded to get around yeah. this, but. <laughs> Video games have these exciting moments. Uh, my question posed is because that it exists. Daigo totally. Yumehara yeah. is a Japanese professional video game player focusing on 2D fighting games, even more specifically those developed by Capcom. Daigo, or The Beast, as they call him here in the West, <laughs> I think they call him by uh, Yume or like a combination of his last name in Japan when he plays. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best Street Fighter players in the world and often a contender for the greatest, period. So much so that there is an action figure of what? Daigo. I don't know if you ever saw that. <laughs> That's great. There's a statue of Daigo That's how you know you've standing made it. in the middle with a fight stick under his arm like this. 
and then on both sides of him are Ryu, who's the one character he mains, and then Akuma on the other side. Yeah. And like they, Mad Cats, I think, commissioned <laughs> Mad it. Mad Cats wow. is one of his biggest sponsors. He yeah. plays Guile nowadays because yeah. I, I was reading that they nerfed Ryu okay. in like a recent. F- fuck uh, those Minecraft YouTuber action figures. That's yeah. baller. <laughs> like, uh, so, like I said, he's a contender for one of the greatest of all time, period. And yeah. obviously, due to what Austin just said, his fame is unquestionable in yeah. the fight. I know who community. he is, and I don't follow yeah. this. He currently yeah. holds the world record for the most successful player in major tournaments of Street Fighter. Holy shit. I wonder um, how much money like it. Oh, that's so good. Not <laughs> as much not as much as you think. His winnings are listed at like some two hundred K tournament winnings, and that's on Wikipedia really? says that. But you gotta think he's also All been right. sponsored for a long time. The little fifteen year old just won three million dollars in Fortnite. You're yeah, telling well, me Daigo is also thirty <laughs> something and started like I know. You know, yeah. like way later. So a professional gaming has quite evolved it, since yeah. his time is starting. Um, I was going to go through like a little bit of his tournament history here, but his list of notable tournaments he's competed in literally took me several seconds scrolling at full speed on my phone. <laughs> okay, so think about you know scrolling yeah, up yeah. seconds <laughs> past before I got to the bottom. So let's just say he's been playing for a long time. And he's okay. very successful. Yes. Um, if you're interested in more of his general history as a professional gamer, it's actually pretty cool. There's a lot of cool shit to look into. Where's he? Um, f- uh, sorry, where's he from? Japan. He's, he's born he is in Japan. actually from Japan. I don't know okay. what area. Um, I think he's born in 1982 or 83. Okay. Um, like I said, he's in his a lot 30s. of people consider that old for the those. Oh yeah, yeah and like, he still plays. I think he does Twitch, and he, I'm thinking he cool. might still show up yeah, at yeah. Evo here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's worth looking into because it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to focus on one specific moment. The most famous video. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, on August 1st at California State Polytechnic University, the Street Fighter Three Third Strike Finals were happening mm-hmm. at the Evolution Championship 2004, or better known by nerds across the world, Evo. Evo. It just happened not that long ago. Yes. Yeah, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, interesting side note that I read, I was talking to my roommate this, this morning, Street Fighter was the only only game being played on classic cabinets at Evo in 2004 still. Wow, that was still on cabinets? Every other game had moved to consoles, uh, except right. for Street Fighter. They were still playing on cabinets. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of rad. I'm into that. Oh, side note about that. There's also a big thing about playing on cabinets because Street Fighter 3 wasn't available on like a home console release at the time with Fight Sticks. They played it on cabinets. Hmm. And the thing about that is, I don't know if you've ever seen the the sticks with the ball on top, and then they have the sticks with like the bulb. So the stick with the bulb is an American fighting game stick. It's like a slow... Mm -hmm. It looks kind of like a light bulb. And then the Japanese fighting game sticks are the one that's just a metal bar with a ball. Back when like arcades were a thing... There were companies that made parts in America and parts in Japan, and so all the American fighting games had the bulb, and all the Japanese fighting games had the ball, and this, oh. this since this tournament was in America, they were using the American fighting sticks, which, huh. since they were still playing it on a cabinet, which a lot yeah. of people say put Daigo at a disadvantage because yeah, he was used the to the other way. Yeah. But now most fighting game sticks actually have the Japanese part. Okay. So I think the American company that made them went out of business. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be a way more Was commonplace. It <laughs> I'm getting it now. <laughs> most commonplace fight sticks you see nowadays, even like American made, have that ball too. I think it kind of became the standard. Right, too. yeah. Second side note, I want to do a Mad Cats episode one day. Oh, yeah. I'd love to there, do something. Yeah. Like yeah, there's also a lot of people who want them to switch. Smash Brothers recently switched some of their tournaments to like the way me and Chris are sitting where it's like TVs in the middle and then we're on separate TVs. Why? What's the... Because a lot of people think that it puts you at a 
disadvantage to be sitting next to somebody. But huh. like a lot of the like fighting psychologically games, or just it, you can fuck <clears throat> with people a lot more that oh, way. Okay, uh, and they can you can actually look down at people's fight sticks and see what they're doing oh. and stuff like that. But a lot of sure. a lot of people like refuse to change it to that for every other fighting game because Smash is the one that never was in the arcades. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's why their community was okay with making that switch, but like Street Fighter, they're like, no, we got to sit next to each other. It's like um, the old days. It is. Good. It is. Yeah. And that's I'm all about like, romanticizing that. Yeah, yes, yeah. precisely. Cool. Um, that's one of the connections to sports, romanticizing. Yeah. I'm a huge fucking baseball guy. Yep. A lot of being a fan of baseball is romanticizing There's certain the concept of it, the yeah. sport. It's very <laughs> traditional, weird shit. It's probably like the only thing I'm traditional about. Period. Okay. It's like me yeah, yeah. So set to face off in the losers bracket of the semifinals was Daigo Yuhara. And Justin Wong, I realized on my drive over here, I was like, "Oh wait, I didn't do anything about him." <laughs> um, you want me to take it? Yeah, if you I know, know anything about okay. him, I've, I've heard that so, name before. So um, Justin Wong is obviously Asian, mm-hmm. based on the, the last name. Um, just sidebar: <laughs> both of these uh, are top tier players of their time. That's yeah. my yes. next okay. line. Yeah, yeah. Justin Wong is an American. Yes. He was born in New York, and he is very good at fighting games. So the thing about Daigo is Daigo is known as the Beast. This is a very American versus Japanese thing to look at, kind of. In the past, not so much now. Daigo is a street fighter player. Yeah. If you go on Justin Wong's Wikipedia page and look at all of the tournaments he's won, he has won first place tournaments in the Killer Instinct, the new one, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, 3, and Ultimate, as well as a couple Street Fighter ones. He's also played in Tekken. He's played in, like... Yeah, Tekken came up. Man, that is like everything. um, Any of the Axis stuff? Soul Calibur? He's played in uh, a lot of Street Fighter. Also, like like I said, Mortal Kombat, um, some Guilty Gear. Damn. And, like... I think he even does Skullgirls. He was the guy our friend Andrew sent us. He's giving out codes for that new fighting game that our friend Andrew is oh, into. Uh, shit. That was, was Justin the... Wong's Twitter account. Wait, he's, really? Oh, he was the one giving away the codes? He's like getting into that game as well. Like he I think plays Justin a Wong lot of also wrote one or two books mm-hmm. about the fighting circuits at Evo wow. in the early 2000s and shit. So, too. like, those one on one fighters are like his fucking jam. Like, he. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Whereas Daigo focused more on 2D fighters specifically. And if you scroll his tournament list, it's almost exclusively Street Fighter. Okay. Yeah. But no, he, all, all he, like, uh, he, did he play Street Fighter, like, go from two to three to yes, four to he played five? All of them. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's why he plays Guile now, because around, I think it was Street Fighter V where they nerfed Ryu heavily. Ryu was his main character, or Evil Ryu, I think he played in uh, Arcade Wait, 4. Is it Ryu or Ryu? Ryu. Yeah. Ryu. Ryu. <laughs> Ryu. Sorry. Um, Akira. Yeah. Akira. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, he played that and he switched to Guile when they nerfed him. Okay. Even though they brought him back up, I was reading a little bit. He stuck with Guile. I think when he played Evo this year or last year, he still played with Guile. Cool. So both were uh, top-tier players of their time, like I said. Wong uses Chun-Li, and Daigo uses Ken, despite being known as a... Uh, That's some classic sorry, Ryu player. <laughs> <laughs> so, the stage was set... And the match is on. Also, I know Ken and Ryu like the same characters essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that comes from Street Fighter One. You can only play as one character, and it was Ryu. And then you just played through the arcade mode and fought different people. Mm. And then they added multiplayer to it. And the way they added multiplayer to it was to take the exact same model, mirror it, and then f- f- flip, flip the, the colors. colors. Oh. Which oh. So it was a red. It was a red guy with a white belt instead <laughs> of a white guy with a red belt, and his Clear. hair changed color from brown to blonde, <laughs> which is where Ken came from. Yeah. And now in Street Fighter Five, they are similar, but they are also they've differentiated them a lot since okay. then. But yeah. more or less. All right. So the stage mm-hmm. was set, and the match was on. 
During the first round, Daigo lands a special move and taunts Wong with like a come here hand gesture. He <laughs> lays him out and does like the come here. Um, and the, uh, he's down on the ground and the crowd just cheers. Yeah. So uh, with a little more than half his vitality remaining, Daigo ends up taking round one. There's a little bit of back and forth, but Daigo kind of beat him a little bit and ends up taking the round. Wong answers in kind. He opens the second round by landing a special move and a 20-hit combo on Daigo. And then he goes on to dominate that entire round. Oh, my God. Um, Daigo does manage to stall Wong with a little bit of health left, maybe about 10% of his health left. He gets Wong down to half of his vitality. Yes. But Wong still pushes through and beats him and takes round two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Wong answered, dominated, beat round two. Yeah. Round three. 1v1. Whoever wins this is taking the fucking That's cake. so epic. Was the, was this streamed at the time? Because the no, video... No, the no. video is off of a cam... Of, of, of yeah. a camera yes. with a VHS tape. Got, okay. apparently, with a VHS apparently tape? Apparently yeah. there was a video Holy posted shit. this year an of H- like a different an angle of it. Yeah, a guy an HD version? Different angle. He just found it in some okay, of his stuff. I, when like, I watched shit, this, that this? Video, the video is so incredible and I, I don't know who took it. Like, yeah. I wonder if that person has any credit to like capturing one of the... Seth Killian, who went on to work for Capcom (laughs) and helped make Street Fighter 4, and he now works for Riot and is helping make whatever fighting game they're making. Wow, good for him. With the Rising Thunder people. (laughs) So, the round starts off slow. Wong is turtling, which is a technique of playing very conservatively, and then you retaliate. You make them play a little shitty because they have to attack you. Most fighting games punish people who turtle. But yeah. uh, this didn't do so much. And Wong's moves are working. They seem to be getting under Daigo's skin. He keeps risking attacking, and twice Wong lands a special move, which is the special move he won the first round with, okay. um, one of Chun-Li's moves, and he do- lands those combos. He's dwindling down Daigo's health bar. Twice he lands those moves. Daigo it seems has like about- it's over, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wong's probably about almost 80% to full health at this point, and then Daigo's about 10% of his vitality left. With about 10% of his vitality left, Daigo begins to fight back. He lands a few of those classic Hadoukens. Um, he lands probably two or three of them and manages to fight back. He also gets a grab on Wong and throws him down to the ground, and then he gets another Hadoken and throws him over. So it's like, oh, cool, this is kind of coming back. Yeah. Um, he gets Wong's health down to under half, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Wong lands an unblocked low kick, and it puts Daigo on his last pixel yeah. of vitality. If it's you like look the at point the video, it's like you, don't, you yeah. cannot see how much health he has yeah. remaining. So, <laughs> instead of running out the 26 seconds remaining, Wong decides he's going to put the match away. At this point, any special move will end the game. Because special moves do a small amount of damage, no even what, if they're blocked. Even if they're blocked. If you block a special move, it still does damage. Yeah, it's called chip damage. Yeah. yeah. For those. So Wong goes for the same move he's been doing all day and getting success with. Chun-Li's multi-hit Super Art 2 move, Hoyo Yoku Sen. Hoyoku Sen, or Fanning Phoenix Wing. Yeah. So, instead of moving, Daigo goes for the impossible move, a parry. Which is an incredibly difficult maneuver where you have to move forward to the opponent at the exact time the hit lands within six of 60 frames of the hit animation. (laughs) Around one-tenth of a second. It's risky. But if successful, you can block an attack without taking any damage. Yeah, the, the thing about parrying is in Street Fighter is that there is no... When you block, you get pushed back. Yeah. 
and for supers there's chip damage, but also you have to recover from the block animation. Parrying has no recover animation, so if you parry somebody's punch, you can then punch back immediately without having to recover, which means you can punish them. So, Daiko predicted, because he had to, and made his first move before Wong even began his attack. And the parry lands. And then he does the same tenth of a second timing maneuver on all the remaining 14 hits of the combo, counters a final kick in midair, and then goes into a 12-hit combo, ending with Ken's rising knee, super art move three, hurricane thunderclap lick. (laughs) Winning the round. What in are epic the odds? Oh, the, the crowd. The lost crowd its goes mind. absolutely yeah, fucking like, wild. I have an idea for those listening. Yeah. I think. Do you just want to play, play the, the last, audio? The last few seconds of the crowd. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have it up on it's my phone. It's the most uproarious, contagious Cause, thing. Cause if this, I saw that in really, person, yeah. This, you watch this video. It if you're captures, listening to this, yeah. you haven't seen it. Please do yourself a favor and watch this video. Yeah, watch it's this like video. Sports in a nutshell. It'll give you goosebumps even if you've never known nothing about I'm getting goosebumps about yeah. just talking about it. I know. Like, I don't know and I would faint if I saw that live in <laughs> person. Like, like, just it's like so the thing, wild. like the radio thing of, of Al Michaels crazy. being like, do you believe in miracles? Like, this This is a do you believe in miracles. Ready? Is this a YouTube ad? little intro? Evo moment 37. These announcers have no idea what they were about to like. <laughs> There's him Hadouken and coming back. Yeah. From the low kick. I gotta like, visualize it. Right? <laughs> That's what he learns the fucking yeah, uppercut yeah. knee. Dude. <laughs> It is, one of, the, it is one of the most chilling and incredible things yeah. ever. Yeah. It's literally like... He, you I think was reading, it was scripted. Had, like, it's so perfect. It's so because perfect. Because you can't actually get the parry once the move starts. To, yeah. Yeah. He had to predict when he's going to do it. Parry, 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 parry. 15 times, counters a kick in midair, <laughs> goes into a 12-point combo, and ends it with a... Rising kick. Oh, my God. The crowd is fucking wild. They rise. Yes, to put this example on, it is... Like playing Guitar Hero <laughs> on that mod where there's no notes on the highway. Yeah. And just playing it based solely on like the audio and memory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But doing it in a, with a crowd that size. Yeah. And also How completely heart off not explode. Because you have to memorize when the exact six frames that each hit in her super yeah. happens. Yeah. Tenth of a second, 15 times when in a row. When they released Street Fighter 3 for the Xbox 360, when yeah. they remade it, there is a challenge mode in it, and the final challenge is it's called Evo Moment Thirty Seven. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Where you have to, you have to. They put you in that exact situation, and then a computer does Chun Li's yeah. parry, and you have to win the match. Jesus! And how, how, they got Daigo himself to try it, and he couldn't, he couldn't do it, it again. again. Like no. that's how like one of a he kind. Did this, it, he did moment? it eventually, wow. but like he didn't do it first try. Yeah. Like it wasn't something that like how did, he can just. Do. You think the world just slowed down to him at the time? <laughs> dude, like I, yeah, I don't know the moment. Dude, the crowd is fucking crazy. That yeah. whole moment, they rising as he's parrying. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah, the, the, combo, whole, the whole the whole room 
was like, like oh, yeah. as soon as they got the KO, dude, fucking people get up. They're jumping in the oh, air. They're fucking I would. screaming and they're it yelling, It makes you want to flip the, the nearest table. Dude, even yeah. watching it nowadays. Oh, yeah. Me and Don watched it this morning. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm sitting here like writing. I was like, I'll yeah. watch this. I'm doing a play-by-play. And he watched it. He's like, fucking nuts, dude. It's insane. How much money was at stake for that? I don't know. Not a lot. Yeah, it probably yeah, it was before it. now. It doesn't matter. Evo was at a college and it wasn't called Evo <laughs> right, yet. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't have the stakes of two nuclear powers squaring off. <laughs> but both of these semifinal showdowns hold equally legendary status and a majestic nature for their respective bases. Fucking A. Daigo ended up losing the grand final to uh, Kenji K.O. Obata. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the Daigo parry is one of the most memorable yeah. and precious moments in competitive gaming I hope history. To achieve something or like that Evo someday. Moment 37, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's important. And I think to me, honestly, it's kind of like a nice little show that competitive gaming is on par with every other sport. Yeah. The reason I opened up with the Miracle on Ice is to. Sh- just kind of go with the idea that competitive gaming has everything that makes sports sports. It has history, epic moments, rivalries, stadiums, yeah. rivalries. It has all the things that make yeah, upsets. Sports of competitive nature are iconic, yeah. and I think this is a good case. I'm, yeah. com- I'm confident that it'll find its respect in the same way. Like yeah. it, I it's, think that it's you won't happening. find anybody building a fucking stadium for Overwatch yeah. in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, you won't. You this, the crowds are crazy. This moment, and I, I shit you not, is the reason why I think that the fighting game community. Is the best. Is the best. Yeah, and a lot of people think this helped revive uh, Evo. It did. It absolutely did. And the reason it's got passed around. The reason it's called Evo Moment Thirty Seven is because, uh, like I said, they recorded. They just recorded matches, Mm -hmm. and like the dude uploaded it, just like Evo Moment One, Evo Moment Two, and he just uploaded this one. This was the thirty seventh one he uploaded. Wow. That's okay. I was wondering why it tied into that. And then he just like sent it to a friend and was like, "Yo, you gotta check this shit out. You weren't there." And then like it spread like wildfire (laughs) in that community, and with good reason. So that's my story. That's a good one. I yeah, thought it was a great story. I'm glad you brought it's that. I love that. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that. I'm glad we got to moment. talk about it. I want more people to know about it. No, that's a fun if, one. If you don't, I'm sure you do know about it. Even if you do, go rewatch the video. It's it, yeah, so, it's one of those it's things. So awesome. It's one of those things where like I'm the, the people, games, the people listening to it, <laughs> like the the people who know it, are already just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. and then the people who don't know it can look it up, and it'll affect them the same way. Yeah. Yeah. To your point near the end, like. If, if you don't understand hockey, you can watch the end of that game and understand, like, the weight the of everything and yeah. the importance. Even if you don't play video games, you can watch that video and understand and know what's, what's happening. going on. Yeah. Like, you can tell how yeah, fucking insane we watched, we watched it at my house not too long ago with a group of people, and, and it was like, it, you you get a reaction. Like, oh, yeah. A, yeah, like, it's, yeah. No, that's, that's fucking awesome. All right, so the uh, the thing I'm bringing to share today, I have actually read about before, although never really dived into, as it doesn't really pertain to us here in the old U.S. of A. But it does oh, well, affect uh, it does affect those in Australia, and what the criminals, dude. <laughs> and while they may have figured out how to stop the epidemic of mass shooting, something we're still too corrupt and uh, stupid oh, to figure getting out. Getting real, they have <laughs> they have to find a solution regarding the use of drugs in media, specifically video games. 
Now, this issue certainly isn't anything particularly new, as it already has uh, come into play with multiple uh, releases. But uh, the reason you might have seen it pop up again now, though, is that, at least for me, anyway, I was scrolling through Kotaku the other week, as I do, and uh, a silly silly headline kind of caught my eye, reading, uh, Day Z will be banned completely in Australia. This was posted on August 9th of this month. Yeah, mate, if it's not called Day Z, we don't want it. Now, now for those unfamiliar, DayZ is an open-world zombie survival game focused on online multiplayer. It's based on an Arma 2 mod of the same name. It's for non-Switch consoles and the PC. I've never played it because I don't care. And it's also already out in all parts of the world, including to Aussies, which makes this band kind of even crazier. That is until I read the more insane article and found out why, and it was because the game was soon set to feature the most dangerous illicit substance known to man. Weed. <laughs> yeah. Yo, side note. Is PUBG been in Australia? Because you pop painkillers like nobody's business well, in that game. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Time out if a company made it. Oh, so. Okay. Okay, sorry. Well, we'll get into it. It's probably not called painkillers there. Um, I think it is. Is it's it? called Happy uh, Oh in Australia. Maybe That's not. what I'm saying. Uh, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. I don't know. So basically, this game was in early access for f- fucking forever. Uh, occasionally, things like weapons and items are added into it to change stuff up. The developers, I think they're from Czech. They're from Czechoslovakia, right? Yeah, that game looks gray and boring. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably great. There goes all our Eastern <laughs> Bloc listeners. But they, they didn't see any issue with putting uh, cannabis into the game. Uh, it already had guns and zombie gore and I think booze, probably. There are food and drinks that you need to consume in it I feel like since it is one of those survival games after all there's probably even medical supplies like uh, so like painkillers in there too they're in a lot of games like from Left 4 Dead to uh, developers Bohemia Interactive and that's from Prague in the Czech Republic so okay yes. all right all right but what made uh, what made the pot so different well, all the consumables I just mentioned give the player certain attributes Australia has very strict guidelines uh, not on the raw feature of drugs being portrayed in games, but the use as if it is related to any in-game incentives or rewards. Uh, uh, so you, if it's like, if you just smoke weed and it does nothing, whatever. It's fine. But if you smoke weed and you have a great old time mm-hmm. and you're a big old boner, you, cannot, you can do whatever yeah, you want with it. You can't show it in a beneficial <laughs> way. You can't show it in a beneficial way. Weird for a country founded by criminals. Go on. <laughs> I was waiting. Uh, like, I want to have a timer of how long it took. To... <laughs> I already said that before. Sorry, oh, okay. we have any Australian listeners. No, they well, love, they love a good jab. They'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of bands from your country that I like. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, they, um, you cannot shoot them in a this won't make your character do anything better kind of way. As yeah. in this game, it was going to be shown restoring health. Oh, um, yeah. In like yeah, a yeah, passive yeah, way. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. It's not like weed is a natural painkiller or anything. <laughs> So, if huffing a bong in GTA will just make your dude trip all over the place and fall over like a dum-dum, that's fine. If you're trying to smoke up in the NARC remake to earn a little life back, though, then you get the fuck out of here. Not allowed. And this goes way beyond weed, of course. Trying to bulk up your football players with steroids and blitz the league? Banned. (laughs) Should have been fucking banned anyway. (laughs) Now, some other uh, companies were able to overturn this by having the dev simply replace the problematic item in question with something else. It's uh, not weed, it's Eid. <laughs> Eid. Uh, opiates in State of Decay 2, change to vitamins. Uh, morphine in Fallout 3. If I've ever known vitamins to do something, it's make everything better and not just be <laughs> useless blocks of chalk or gummies. Did you guys, uh, you, like, you played Fallout 3, right? Yes. Remember the fictional drug Medex? 
in the no, game? No, I only did Psycho. Okay. <laughs> so Fallout 3 had a, had a fictional kind of like item in it that gave health back called Medex, and that was changed because of Australia. Like, because originally in the game files it was morphine, yeah. but that wasn't allowed. Yeah, so, there's a bunch of whole drug using yeah. system in Fallout. But that swap affected its portrayal in every territory, too, after that. Because it's just, much of the time, it's way simpler for developers to just have this universal sort of meanwhile line. they're holding esports tournaments in Australia and everybody's on speed and nobody <laughs> cares. <laughs> Can we talk about this? They just call it something else. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I already called it something else. <laughs> uh, other people had to fight it by either making larger changes, like when Saints Row 4 had no choice but to drop an entire mission in the country where your hero would light up some hot alien kush only for it to give them simulated superpowers. And that drug obviously isn't even fucking real. Even Gearbox had to deal with it last year and we happy few by furiously explaining that the entire context of the also not real uh, happiness drug in the game wasn't meant to reflect the world in a positive yeah, way. It's supposed to be irony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was just so they could get that game unbanned. Like, that's how strict it's these Xanax. rules are. <laughs> just going to keep coming up with analog. <laughs> but I don't know. It's all kind of nuts. Uh, now. Like, But now I'm going to shoot through a quick timeline here of what happened shoot. specifically with Daisy. <laughs> Good word, oh, dude. <laughs> You're going to shoot up some no drugs? Yeah. No guns? <laughs> if you're racist, come on in there. <laughs> I'm going to shoot up some info for all you guys. Ugh. This is also we can, you know, roll our eyes and move on to Austin's because this is real dumb. So by May 2019, DayZ is, is finally out for those consoles I mentioned in all regions. I think it's been in pre-release since... 2012 or 2013 the game was rated ma15 there they apparently use the same metric for all their media like movies and games have the same rating system which i, I find kind of interesting huh. um, that's not the worst idea no so i think 18 plus is their top one um, peggy 13 yeah that's the, Europe, that's the european <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, June 4th, uh, a short time later, following an application from local distributors, Five Star Games, to have the product kind of sold physically through stores, the game is then granted its RC, or Rejected Classification Rating, along with the quote from their board reporting stating, Through general gameplay, the player is able to collect and use a variety of equipment, supplies, and weaponry. One of the options to restore the player's health is a marijuana joint labeled Cannabis which is denoted by a cannabis bud in the player's inventory. Dope. Um, what a fucking boomer sentence. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Got one of them fucking... Marijuana poison marijuana my kids. Cigarette. <laughs> now, this succeeded their max 18-plus rating I mentioned and uh, was thus halted from going gold with the digital versions like the Steam one that's been offered there for for more than six years, being set to be taken down soon as well. Remember, the actual item they are referring to is not even in the fucking game yet. The publisher only revealed that through blog updates surrounding the game for their packet. So it's like... This is a game where you can rob somebody at gunpoint, force them to take off their pants and give it to you, yes. and then leave them for dead. But a little pot for health is too much. <laughs> A month later, the team at Bohemia Interactive tried to fight it through the automated IARC process, except the official classification board has the power to override those ratings with their own. So that quickly got squashed. Right. So, like, yeah, the, the Australian's rating board pretty much will always hold the... Yeah. <laughs> what a bunch of cunts. <laughs> it's okay, because it's Good about one, Australia. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> 
so where's our solution? Well, Bohemia, not wanting uh, to promote any nasty crime through their foreign propaganda, eventually just caved and complied with the ACB, editing all versions of the game internationally across the planet to no longer host the wacky tobacco at all outright. The small group found it just too impractical to create and maintain separate versions that would affect its online ecosystem, which is a way better answer than having to separate Australian players, considering how many of their users who like join each other across region. Yeah. Like imagine like like the only other solution have been would have been to take the weed out of the Australian one and then only players in Australia could play with players in Australia. They couldn't yeah. play with the fucking pot smokers from the United States That'd and be Europe. Funny if they could, and that, though. There's a, there's a <laughs> huge crossover between Australian and American gamers. Like yeah. I come across a lot of Australian dudes playing online games. Yeah. Like there's a big gaming community there. Yeah, totally. But this was all announced on the twelfth of this month with the studio saying at the moment we are editing the global version of Daisy so it will fit into the board's requirements. The key objective is to keep the gameplay as authentic as it was, so players are not affected by this change. A game is not even worth it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> then on August 21st, last week, this is very, you know, current story, the title's MA15 rating was formally restored, allowing it to once again be returned to all its digital stores, as well as being cleared for its release to shelves. Except this time it was pot-free. I mean, even though it was never, it never actually made it into the game in the first place anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um... But honestly, that's the end of this tale of Reefer Madness. Uh, it just goes to show each country's policies can sometimes have their ups and downs. We decriminalized probably one of the most innocuous, benign, psychoactive drugs out there. And uh, they have like an $18 minimum wage or something. Yeah. Uh, also, Japan is... to the bush. Smack <laughs> a couple menthols. My Sheila. Also... That's Jap- all the stuff. <laughs> <That's laughs> <all laughs> didn't even once use the word boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> Japan is uh, apparently like... I don't know if anyone knows even more fucking bananas with their illegal substances. Than, oh no, uh, it is like punishing. Yeah, drug use over there. Yeah, they will like uh, go, they will go through extra steps to erase your history. Like like that there was that mm-hmm. uh, that voice actor who he was uh, in the Yakuza games. He voiced Olaf in the Japanese version of Frozen in Kingdom Hearts, and there was like a tip. Where they grabbed him and he had a he possessed a small amount of cocaine on his person, not like a, as a dealer, as a like a you know, as a guy as hanging a out partying with cocaine. Yeah, and they fucking he was not only prosecuted, but they actually went out of their way to like pull everything he ever started off the shelf. He was a musician, like he had Jesus. records for sale. I only All the records yeah. were pulled off. Like Jeez. like that's like yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're talking about a society that was been incredibly conservative, except for like the last sixty years. Yeah. And then more incredibly, like, like Japan has only been what people think it is for only about 60, <laughs> 50 years. And because that was you know a, I mean? and like, not like, because that was a Japanese game, that affected the release of that game worldwide. Oh, yeah. Like, video games are made by a huge team of people. One person does some blow, and it affects the release in the I know world. Because obviously, like, I'm, I'm huge into skating, and Tokyo is a great place to skate. Right. Marijuana and skateboarding are kind of fucking hand in hand. Yeah. And there's like I, a, there's a lot bunch of, cross of shit I've read about fucking people going over there to skate with pot and shit like that, and mm-hmm. just like the shit that goes down. It's it's insane. It's not, well, it's just like imagine if imagine if we controlled our media that way 
Think about all of yeah, American. Yeah, we just do it behind the scenes, and then we call it <laughs> Barely, brainwashing. Like, if anything, like we like romantically celebrate it. When you think about some of the biggest rock stars and eccentric oh, filmmakers yeah, well, yeah, and artists, and the they're all fucking yeah. crazy drug users. So it's like, imagine if you go into a Best Buy, if any actor, producer, director, musician artist whoever involved in any of these films or CDs or video games on our shelves if any of them did cocaine pull them off like wouldn't that yeah nothing be barren (laughs) nothing even pop stars do cocaine dude no it's like I know that if you're living in LA you've done cocaine (laughs) that's like that cocaine capital of the fucking world I'm not even joking no like obviously I know we kind of created an epidemic of prescription drug use you know, settle down. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, are you saying we as in America or as yeah, in not us, us three, three specifically? First okay. of all, I am not responsible for the opioid yeah. crisis. Yeah, I'll have you know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it's a good now place that we've to talked end. about the opioid crisis. Oh, but uh, and, and also one little last thing, I just thought I would uh, kind of throw in here. When I was reading over a list of all the games refused a rating in Australia. Uh, my absolute favorite example was Mark Echo's getting up contents under pressure as it promoted graffiti when you tag stuff in the game with spray paint. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> kind of uptight for a bunch of uh, criminals. Yeah. Over there, am I right? I'll stop talking on Australia. Australia's great. Yeah, the man. people are great. The animals but just will like try to kill else you. On Earth, the government is garbage. Rule yourselves. <laughs> the, gover- the government in Australia is actually not garbage. It's just like, just let me, just let people do whatever they want. Who gives a shit if they <laughs> smoke weed? Yeah. But that's uh, that's all I, I I've got with me for today. I thought that was kind of a yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. My part of this episode is going to be about the cell processor in the PlayStation 3. Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, I, we've done... <laughs> is that the thing preventing Metal Gear Solid 4 from being released on any other platform? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's also the thing preventing from people who own Skyrim on the PlayStation 3 from finishing the game. Uh, <laughs> now, I've talked in the past. I've dogged a lot on the cell processor in the past. Yeah. If you haven't listened it's to our easy. Xbox 360 episode, go ahead and do it. Absolutely terrible idea to put in a game console. Absolutely. <laughs> but I've decided to take this moment that I've been given and to give credit where credit is due. The cell processor was not developed as a processor to play video games on. The cell processor was developed as an event processor between Sony, Toshiba, and IBM, mm-hmm. or STI, as they were known. Ah, sexually transmitted infection. Sony, Toshiba, IBM. Oh, okay. God. Uh, <laughs> trying to get dirty. I like actually I a little bit resent you for making me hold in a laugh with a mouthful of Bud Light. I like, couldn't swallow it. You I had just liquor while I was dude. laughing. Um, <laughs> these these processors are designed with basically a normal processor core and then eight additional processor cores that are only able to help the first one, which is why they're terrible for video games. Alright, so Wikipedia puts it like this, and this is not going to make any sense to anybody including me, but I'm going to read it. The cell architecture includes a memory coherence architecture that emphasizes power efficiency, prioritizes bandwidth over latency, and favors peak computational throughput over simplicity of program code. For these reasons, cell is widely regarded as a challenging environment for software developers. The architecture will not be widely used unless it is adopted by all software development community, which it probably won't be. However, cell strengths may make it useful for scientific computing regardless of its mainstream successes. So like I said, 
terrible idea in a game console. <laughs> insane, insanely difficult to program for. Right. Yeah. But yeah. when you're running simulations of things like physics and space and weather and the human body, all you're doing is just calculating numbers calculating and numbers. then you're using those numbers that's, to calculate other that's numbers. That's the quantum computer argument. People are all hype about quantum computers, except that quantum computers would be useless yeah. for everything except for simulating the universe, simulating <laughs> physics, simulating the human body. Right. Like, right. Things that require huge amounts of numbers, then you can calculate fast. That's cool. But for everything else, like we're pretty much here. Right. Not <laughs> um, for playing Heavy Rain is what yeah. you're saying. No, <laughs> for example, as I said in our Xbox 360 episode, the Xbox 360 used an Intel Xeon processor. Mm-hmm. It had three cores. Xeon, that's what Superman's allergic to, right? Yeah. <laughs> it had, it, it allergic had, to? It had three cores in it, and the PlayStation 3 processor was one processor core plus eight additional processor cores as cell processors are laid out. That's so many more um, cores. What a lot of developers did, Bethesda, I'm looking at you, mm-hmm. is just completely ignore the eight additional cores and just mm. program on the one core, yeah. which made their games run like absolute garbage. <laughs> and what a, what a lot of Sony's developers did was find out how to compute f- their physics and their texture loading based on the cell processor's architecture, which is why Last of Us looks so fucking good. Because yeah. Naughty Dog became an expert at that by the end. Naughty Dog's kind of known for... They like, are. They know yeah. that hardware inside exactly, and out. Yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. It was very difficult to develop for, and the processor is only as good as the GPU. Was The GPU and the PS3 was good, but not great. So, yeah. But despite this, cell processors are very good at doing something called floating point math. Sounds fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically... For those of you that don't know, I'm going to say this term a lot. You're going to hear this term a lot because we got new consoles coming out. Uh-oh. Teraflops? Floating point math is measured in something called FLOPS. Now, FLOPS Ooh. stands for floating point operations per second. Well, it's a, it's a shortened. It's not right. an acronym. Right, for pops. And like I said, a FLOP means that a computer system can do one floating point math operation in one second. So obviously we're we're going to be talking about things like gigaflops and teraflops. Yeah. A teraflop means that your computer can do 1 trillion floating point math operations in a second. A gigaflop would be a billion and a petaflop which will come up a lot is a quadrillion equations in a second. Um, yeah, that's like data he can do. Yeah. It's from Star Trek <laughs> the Next Generation. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> um, in addition to this, the way cell processors are architectured enables something, uh, two things. One thing called cluster computing. I've where, heard of this. Where you basically uh. hook a bunch of cell processors up to one another in a chain, and then they pass the math off to each other, essentially becoming one giant processor. In addition, it can do something called distributed computing, which is cluster computing through the internet. Folding at home? <laughs> I know this might be boring to some people, but it's important to know because now I'm just going to rattle off a whole bunch of numbers that won't make any sense if you didn't know this stuff. So. Six, nine, twelve, <laughs> four, twenty. Uh, hey, that makes sense, buddy. <laughs> no, I covered the pot story this week. Oh, Yes, but... Just like when people bought the PS2 because they're like, hey, it's cheaper than a DVD player. The PS3 was the <laughs> yeah. first and I think only, it's although I can't confirm that. It's cheaper than a barbecue that, grill. <laughs> it's cheaper than a server blade Oh, <laughs> because yeah. the PS3 is the first and maybe only 
commercially available implementation of a cell processor. Oh, shit. This combined with the ability of the PS3 at launch, listen to our PSN episode if you want to know why I have to specify at launch, to run <laughs> Linux. Yeah. This made for some pretty interesting implementations and uses of the PS3. So people were just buying PS3s because their cell processor, the cost of a PS3 is cheaper than the cost of and just we'll, buying we'll a cell there, processor we'll out, right? Wow. But, um, <laughs> this was the thing that was patched out to, prevent, they had the to prevent people from uh, hacking and yeah. people sued. You're going to find out why they sued because it turns out that taking that out actually negatively affected the world <laughs> and medical and physics research. Ooh, whoops. But... To give you some idea, one PlayStation 3 used in this way for just floating point math is the equivalent of 30 PCs of the time around 2006 when the PS3 was released yeah. running in a cluster. Holy shit. So Dang. take that PC master race. No wonder, yeah. why, yeah. no wonder why it was $600. Hashtag PS3 master race. <laughs> this implementation became so popular that it is labeled the PlayStation 3 cluster. Hmm. Basically, there are so many laboratories around the world that are using PS3s wow. in cluster that it has be- it has its own name. Now, this the is only the cluster. fat PS3s that right? only the fat ones. Yeah, not the slim guys. Okay. Yeah. So, it all started with a group called the Innovative Computing Laboratory at the University of Tennessee. Get your top loaders out of here. They did some research, which allowed them to create specialized versions of Linux that would let scientists program their equations into this without <clears throat> having to know a ton of code, because like I said, it's very hard to code for this. Yeah, It was developed to take full advantage of this cluster computing feature. And the first publicly known instance of this, uh, which I have labeled Case 1, <laughs> is this is a cluster implementation. In summer of 2007, I'm gonna fuck this. Sh- I'm fuck this name up so bad, but Gaurav Khanna, a that physics didn't professor, sound that complicated. a physics professor at Dartmouth, <laughs> bought eight fat PS3s to develop what he dubbed the PlayStation Three Gravity Grid. He he took the co- the code from that innovative computing laboratory, got his eight PS3s, put them together in a router, put Linux on all of them, ran this code. And created a cluster that was made to perform astrophysical simulations of supermassive black holes. Dude, exactly. Damn, I was, I was just, I was just yeah. looking this up because I was thinking, like, sir, I was reading a while back like, how much data one go through of CERN produces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, CERN is the the Large Hadron Collider, the one that's in Sweden <laughs> yeah, and yeah. France and all that shit. Which, funny enough, sidebar terrified me when I was a kid. We have a little but, one here in the United States. Yeah, I it's think. in New York. Yeah. It's in um, uh, fucking uh, what's the baseline? Montauk. It's in Montauk. <laughs> um, incredible scientific thing. Will not destroy the world. Anybody yeah. who is fearful, yeah. listen to me. It is not dangerous. <laughs> it is feared because it's like even like there's just a bunch of misinformation. Just yeah. CERN like programs 25 gigabytes per second when they're like coming into the fucking yeah. thing after the simulations they run. Yeah. 25 gigs a second. Dude, that's insane. That's fucking Jeez. insane. Well, yeah, we'll get there, exactly. but that's not that insane. <laughs> but, uh, oh, wait, maybe this is just like from this one experiment. Yeah. But, oh, wait, no, this is 600 million events per second, 1 million bytes produced at the rate of 6 million events per second. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. That's a lot more. <laughs> so this grid of 8 PS3s, he bought them because running some tests, the 8 PS3s outperformed his previous cluster of over 100 Intel Xeon processors, the thing that was in the Xbox 360. Right, yeah. And he also was able to build this. Uh, Sony actually helped him. They sent him some additional oh, really? hardware because it was good press. It was like, yo, check it out. The PS3s <sighs> not just playing fucking yeah. Uncharted. You can, like, save the world with it. So is this the inverse of when um, uh, a bunch of Americans were afraid that Saddam bought a bunch of PS2s to help calibrate missiles? 
That's not <laughs> entirely untrue. People, these experiments. Does anybody else remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. These experiments. <laughs> these experiments came because people did use PS2s for the same purpose. But yes. the PS3 was just like of insanely course. good. Yeah, at yeah, it. yeah. I, I just th- that was the first thing that came to my mind regarding this mm-hmm. story. <laughs> Except this is helping people like in the medical fields. Oh, we'll get to missiles. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so good. So, I was worried. This garnered him a lot of publicity, and it garnered Sony a lot of publicity, to the point where Sony worked with him, and they actually published a guide for free on how to set this system up at home. So anybody who wanted to do research could do it for fractions of a penny on the dollar to a normal... Who wants to go do some research? Um, Case 2, Distributed Network. Stanford University had a project called... What? Say it. Uh... Saddam's folding at home. Com- oh, folding at home. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Saddam. <laughs> I don't even remember seeing the. <laughs> Which may sound yes, fam- folding at home. It may sound familiar to people out there who owned a PS3. In 2007, a folding at home application was natively brought to the PlayStation 3 as a part of the system's 1.6 firmware update. Yeah. Folding at home was a system that is used to simulate pro- protein folding. Yeah. Which is a thing that happens naturally in the body. However, when protein folds improperly, it can cause certain diseases to motor functions and stuff like that. Diseases like Alzheimer's, bad, Parkinson's, bad. Huntington's disease, bad. cystic fibrosis, yeah, fibrosis, bad. and several forms of cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the point, and, and obviously, like you can't analyze how somebody's proteins fold. <laughs> When they're alive, they yeah, didn't, not, they it's didn't, not like uh, live time. It's about predictions. Yes. it's about doing simulations to predict things under certain they circumstances. They didn't do a particularly good job of saying what that feature was. No, like, it, was it turned off by default on your PS3, and then you yes. had to go in to turn it on? Yeah, because like I remember navigating that menu or the interface to, to like see that, and I was like, "What the fuck is like? I don't know what it is." I like, I one time in college, we all got drunk, and I put folding at home on, and we just watched the proteins fold. Wait, they actually had a feature where you could... There was a visual visualization a... thing. Wow, yep. I didn't know that. Um, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this shit. could be done by launching the application, okay. and it could either be set so that you had to have the application open mm-hmm. to donate your computing power, or you could set on a feature, which I did... Uh, which I don't think a lot of people did know about, but you could make it so that if you left the PS3 on the cross-media bar, the main menu, yeah. and it went idle for something like a minute... It would just go to it? It would just go and oh, launch cool. Folding at Home in the background. Huh. This was hugely successful. Folding at Home was already a thing that people could do on their computers and stuff like that, but it was hugely successful, and this the was PS3 more accessible, helped. Yeah. So much so that... Is this fol- like a Bitcoin thing? Like, you just run in the background, so they borrow your Theoretically, there's a very similar... Yeah. yeah it okay. is like Bitcoin, but it's used... For good, for good purpose. Well, I mean, it's yeah. bad part of Bitcoin where they try to steal your processing <laughs> yeah. power in the background. It's yeah, like that. Be like good they yeah, use... but it's to help cure cancer yeah, rather than it was bad make for money. cancer research instead of making uh, rich douchebags richer. Yeah. yeah. Folding at Home has been recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most powerful distributed network in the world, and also the first to pass one petaflop. As of 2011... Is a petaflop petaflop higher than a teraflop? It's quadrillion... Remember I said it earlier? Quadrillion folding point operation per second? That's a lot. As of 2011, (laughs) folding at home was running at 9.6 petaflops, with 1.6 of those coming from the PlayStation 3. Dang. There are still some active PS3 users who are running this program, apparently, and as of 2018... They are running well above 100 petaflops. I would be running it if the stupid PS3 gave me didn't die. <laughs> I'd be running it if it, you know, if it was on the slim one or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> or on the PS4. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This console's um, got so hot. 
Another distributed networks took note of this. It's case three and four. The success of Falling at Home led to a couple similar systems. There is a system for biomedical research in Barcelona named the PS3 Grid, which runs similar simulations. <clears throat> it is basically a free-to-use computer where people run their PS3s through a distributed network, and then people can use that space for whatever research they need it for. It's like a public good thing. Mm. Another one called E-Hits Lightning, which simulates molecular <laughs> docking. Don't know what that is. Something with physics. But their program runs 30 times faster on one PS3 than it does on a PC. And it can be networked, which took simulations that were industry standard run taking weeks to months to run and shortened them down to days and sometimes even hours. And this was all had to do with some sort of medical physics molecular right. thing. I don't know. Couldn't find that much information on it, but seems like it's doing a good job. Cool. And now we move on to the U.S. government. Uh -oh. Do you think that they're researching uh, how to pr fold protein? Nope. Missiles. Uh, <laughs> case 4 cluster. The most famous example that well. a lot of our listeners have probably heard of is something called the Condor Cluster. This is a supercomputer in the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratories in New York. This system is built using a cluster of 1,760 PlayStation 3s. It was built in 2010 and at the time was officially labeled as the 33rd largest supercomputer in the world. Jesus. The system was said to be capable of 500 teraflops. And it still couldn't run Skyrim? <laughs> uh, 500 teraflops making it the fastest single cluster computer and the fastest computer period being used by the U.S. Department of Defense. The system was built for radar enhancement, pattern recognition, and satellite imagery processing, as well as artificial intelligence. And Sony is, like, cool with all this, right? Like, I mean, it's it's a, it was a yes. advertised feature. It was an advertised more, feature. Yeah, like it. Uh, they did take it out, but apparently they did help. Like, if one of these 1,760 PS3s broke, Sony did help, it's like, replace it with a fat everything, one. Everything you're saying, like... The PlayStation 3 might be one of those bizarre consoles. It is. It really made. is. Like, it, it, this um, is so strange. But why? Why would the U.S. government use PlayStation 3s instead of fucking servers? That's it a good question. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it because they contract everything out? <laughs> is it because they wanted to play uh, Little Big Planet? No. In the off hours? Condor was built using the old fat PS3s, as those were the only ones that could still run Linux. And it cost the government, the U.S. government, a total of $2 million to build, including some additional graphics processors for image processing, and some servers for coordinating tasks. Mm. Each PlayStation 3, at time of building, cost the government $400 to buy. An equivalent server blade, as I said, would have cost around $10,000. Whoa. Which would have made the computer shoot up from 2 to $20 million to build. The PS3 was also insanely energy efficient to run compared to these servers, with the whole system calculated to use around 10% of the power that a similar system made up of these $10,000 server blades would have used. What in the fuck? Well, good yeah. to know it was a steal for somebody, because I is thought that was has, way too expensive when it came out. Is the PS3 has so many fucking units sold <laughs> Maybe. You know what I mean? that, in like, that in FIFA. Yeah. In Europe or whatever. <laughs> yeah, somebody made a server cluster to play FIFA. I don't think of a PlayStation 3 as being a successful time for Sony and video games. Well, no, that's the weird thing about the PlayStation 3 is that eventually it caught up to the 360 in terms of sale, but their hardware and software never actually sold that well. No. Hardware in terms of, like... The like, move? Th there's, yeah, the move <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah. Like, like, like their games never... The camera? Really, 
Yeah. Oh, There's almost God. some more like nefarious conspiracy theory thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Just like that's fun to think about in like a goofy way. Right. But but yeah, that's so fucking bonkers. There's all the examples, the big examples that I can find. There are a lot of people out there who built their own clusters and mm. used it to. I'm sure. I haven't found any examples, but I'm sure somebody is mining Bitcoin using this. Using I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, so for an outro, while I did rag on the cell processor pretty hard during our Xbox 360 episode, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. The Xbox 360 may have been better at running Skyrim, but the PS3 seemed to help a lot with physics, biology, and even weapons research. So PS3, better at launching missiles and curing cancer yeah. than the 360, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We obviously have better supercomputers today, and Sony removed this feature um, like for the PS3 Slims, which is unfortunate because the PS3 yeah. Slim contains a more power-efficient version of the cell processor in it, but, you know, just like how everybody out there, like I said at the beginning, bought their PS2 because it was cheaper than a DVD player, a lot of research labs bought PS3s because it was cheaper than a cluster of high-end I th- server I think you're going to say it's cheaper than a Blu-ray player. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um... Yeah, they used 1,759 PS3s to calculate where the missile was going to go and one to watch B-Movie on Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, that's the end of my man, part. that's out of this world, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, oh, my head is spinning from that. Yeah, that, that's cool, though. I mean, the story is, like, super fascinating. Because it, it's a weird chapter in games that I don't think a lot of people traditionally know about. Mm-hmm. Like, the story, the stories, like, weren't exactly covered by gaming outlets, like, where mm-hmm. I would find them and see them. It's, yep. Yeah, that's... All right. That's you got an nuts. outro? That was our three stories. If people are kind of into this format this is something we can do regularly that break things yeah. up a bit sidebar I'm just looking at stuff over here as we were talking about stuff uh, Lenovo is the world's largest provider to parts for supercomputers how come my fucking laptop sucks so bad that they're fucking building supercomputers <laughs> I don't know maybe you're you know, calibrating missiles in the that's where all your yeah my, your my memories thing's running going. IBM Summit which is apparently the best supercomputer in the world right now. <laughs> so, but yeah, this was uh, this was a little experiment because we we find a lot of topics. Yeah, like, we, re- like we research said, a lot of stuff simultaneously, and we find a lot of like... topics that don't necessarily warrant their own episode, but are very interesting, like these three. And so, doing something like this does expand our pool of topics to cover. And I yeah. think if people really enjoy this, this would be like an ongoing series, like Randy said, to break up the larger multi-part big yeah. stories and it was um, cool these were some very like these were very different well they're very cool too, and yeah. I can already think of some more I'd like to fucking get yeah, me too. I, yeah, I already too. wrote two but yeah cool plugs plugs okay let's do some plugs um, thanks for listening yeah you can listen to us more on our website hotbuttoncast.com also if you have like a girlfriend or a boyfriend take their phone download it yeah. play them at the same time put one headphone in each ear and it's basically like it's the same thing but, but we get, get twice double. as many downloads <laughs> <laughs> yeah sneak into your uh, parents bedroom and grab yeah. their phones log in and download the episode hey uh, and if you go to target and steal a bunch of there. cards just read off the codes, right? And then email them to us. You know what I mean? That's... <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not, we're not starting a scam website. Not, not. That's I'm how this starts. <laughs> if, if you've got a PS3, go turn on uh, yeah. Folding at Home. Get a bunch of PS3s, link them together, 
run Linux, make a cluster computer that just downloads our podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, we'd be the most downloaded yeah. like, in the web. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking and, 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 tell and, us one quadrillion yeah. episodes a second. And fire up a spliff and play Street Fighter 3 Alpha while you're, while you're on yeah, it. Yeah, right. Street well, Fighter 3 and Street Alpha are different games. How many times oh, do I have to I tell you this? I can't keep up with this fucking series. <laughs> they released Street Fighter 2 a fucking million times. It was times. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. There's two yeah. threes in that title. <laughs> there, like, no, there's Street Fighter Three: The Warriors Within. Or wait, that's Alpha. No, that's Street the Fi- Final Fantasy movie. <laughs> Street. <laughs> there's Street Fighter Three, <laughs> and then there's Street Fighter Three: Second Impact, and then there's Street Fighter Three: Third Strike. Yeah. Yeah. Play that. Don't play DayZ. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I was not advocating that in my story. <laughs> what are we doing? Plugs. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have a website, hotbuttoncast.com. There, it will link you to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. Follow us there for updates. See a bunch of art and weird clips. And you let you know when the episodes are out. Yeah. You can also go to links through there for iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, stuff like that. You can find us on any podcast service. You can subscribe. That'd be helpful. You want to rate us on iTunes? That would be helpful. And another thing, a feature I put on the website. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. We have Does? a <clears throat> on the podcast. We have a submit a topic button. Oh yeah, that would be perfect on for the this website. Too, if you as listen well, yeah. and you have an idea for a topic, go click that and it'll email us your submission. And yeah, then if we you can get an email that says "Eat my butt," that was me. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> Um, we'll take all your Fortnite suggestions. But yeah, Austin, well, I love the you new story about how complaining about the Epic Game Store is for assholes. Oh my god, don't get uh, me don't get me started. Uh, don't get right. me started. Well, <laughs> with that, uh, I think that's all the plugs, right? Yeah, I think we're good. All right, we're done. I think I threw my phone on the other side of the room. As Randy falls out of his chair, we're out. <laughs>